Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow men, hoping we can make Yeah, connecting life to faith. That's what we like to do here at The Catch. We do that every day with a reflection um, uh, that I I write in the mornings that you can get via email. And uh, you can sign up for that if you haven't yet. And uh, uh, that's, that's five days a week. You'll get it free in your email. And... Uh, uh, I like to call it the undevotional or something like that. I mean, it's it's really not a, not your typical devotional. It's it's more uh, a me me writing on about life experiences and and what what my how my faith fits into that. That's that's that whole idea of connecting life to faith. So we try to be honest about life here at the catch. And and then honest about our faith as well. And uh, and the guests that we like to have on uh, once a week here on Blog Talk Radio uh, are are people who are doing that in one way, shape, or form. And uh, our our guest uh, tonight is uh, no exception in that uh, he spends his his time actually. Uh, thinking about, writing about, commenting about, uh, advising people uh, about living in in the world and primarily in the political world. He is a, a, a public affairs uh, president, founder of Stutzman Public Affairs, and and. Uh, Specializes in campaigns, communications, crisis management, award-winning political advertising. And uh, Rob was deputy chief of staff of four communications to Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're going to have to talk about that sometime. Um, <laughs> and uh, but but at any rate, um, it is great to have Rob back. And personally, uh, the the. The, the real um, prize that we have here at the catch is that Rob is also uh, on our board of directors. So uh, Rob, welcome back uh, to the catch. It's Thank been you, a while, but it's great. Yeah. Great to have you back. Um, Good to be back. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that these, these questions pop up in, in my mind uh, a lot. And, um, uh, in, in reading back through your bio, and I, I was excited to, to remember that uh, your name pops up often in uh, uh, I know I've seen it quite often in the LA Times. Uh, they call they must call you up and ask you what you think about this or that. And uh, um, you know, uh, when, when, what are you doing along those lines right now? 
that uh, that might be interesting to us and to our listeners? Well, it's probably the most active I've been uh, this year in this election cycle has been the Washington Post has invited me to do some uh, commentary pieces on the, the presidential race. So I've been focused on mm. writing commentary or explanation opinion pieces on the, the Democrat field so far this year. Ah, can you, can you give us an idea? Can you give us a quick sampling maybe of of something well, sure. that, that you might be uh, writing about or thinking about on those lines? Well, I wrote, uh, for instance, I, I wrote a piece about Senator Kamala Harris from California uh, back in the middle of the summer when she was really at the height of probably where she was in the field, um, relating some of the observations I had from watching her up more close in California. Uh, that piece we say in the business has aged well. I suggested she needed to find a different year and on the day that we are recording this, uh, she's announced that she's dropping out of the race. Uh, I also have written a piece about Elizabeth Warren uh, when she was on the rise and some of the reasons that may be and things that she was doing as a candidate at the time in the in the late summer, early fall that was, were particularly effective. So that's what I try to do. The Post has a whole stable of people you know, like me who have uh, experience. In such matters, they 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 draw upon um, to offer these observations and commentary, and it's a I'm I'm privileged and honored to be able to participate on their pages. That's great. Uh, now, how often does that show up in the post? It'll Once there. a week, or I probably no, 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 no. Probably do no. one every every uh, every two to three months. Um, okay. We don't force the, force the issue. I wait till I get a good assignment or or have an idea worthy of worthy yeah. of publication. Well, now I'm not good enough. To have a, I'm not good enough to have an idea worthy of publication every week. <laughs> oh boy, let's talk about that. I try to have an idea every day. We'll see how yeah. that works. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what? Um, oh gosh, uh, it just uh, it just flew out of my mind. Oh, I, I'm wondering. You, you know, I thought you were only in the Republican camp. Why are you talking about Democrats all of a sudden? Well, I yeah, my pedigree is a Republican consultant. I'm a Republican, um, but I do consulting across the the, the board. And okay. uh, the, the the commentaries I'm writing are observational about the dynamics of the election, um, not promoting for or against the any of the ideological ideas that the candidates may be talking about, but more of the nuts and bolts mechanics of of politics and trying to uh, write critique uh, from that perspective, from more of a campaign perspective. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'm wondering, uh, are you? Well, I uh, my my mind is just going too fast here. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm. Do when when they um, say who you are uh, uh, in this article, do is part of your byline that you are are, are pri- primarily a Republican pundit or no? Yeah, it just yeah. So okay, yeah. no, so, they they know yeah they know that I'm Republican and and based in California. There's there's also okay. something probably important in political commentary to not okay. you know solely focus on commentators that are 
live in the beltway yeah. uh, or, or in, in that bubble every day of the Washington, D.C. Yeah. beltway. Okay, so that must be part of the interest, too, to have a a, a Republican uh, uh, commentator writing about a Democrat. Is that – that must be on purpose. I think purpose. so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so you know, some observ- – well, I don't have a – I don't have any horse in the race, um, you know, yeah. on, on that mm-hmm. side of the aisle. So mm-hmm. I'm able to mm-hmm. offer observations free of free of conflict. Yeah, and and of course you are kind, and um, uh, uh, respectful of of these people. I'm sure. Uh, most, well, we most don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> there may be exceptions, uh, but most of the time. Uh, what you know? What is going on uh, with this country? And it it just seems like we have, you know, if if you if you measured, you know, uh, the political world and how important it was in our society, um, and 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 you you gave it a piece of the pie. Um, in terms of everything else, it just seems to me like it's getting bigger and bigger. Is that just me or is that true? Well, I think we're at a peak of political interest that we haven't seen probably in decades uh, in this country. Yeah. I think maybe an indicator of that, if you're looking for a data point would be the, how, you know, the the rise of cable news uh, ratings, for instance. And of course, all they do is, prattle all day mm-hmm. about Washington, about, about very little else. So we're at a, it, we're at an increased level of interest. Um, on, on a positive side of civic engagement, we've, we've seen very yeah. high voter participation, particularly in this last election, which uh, eclipses what we've seen probably in the well, 20 years that have preceded. And I think we're headed mm-hmm. for probably high participation next year. So there's no question we're at a higher level of interest. Obviously, Things that are unusual, no matter what you may think of the president, I think it's fair to call these times unusual <laughs> for the White House. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know that draws a that draws a daily spectacle of attention. Not necessarily always important and substantive, but it certainly is what um, the country has become somewhat obsessed with. And for the first time, there's a president who um, you know makes sure he says something every day and uses social media to say it. So these are some of this is manifestations of, of, of our, of our politics and times that are changing in terms of mass media as well. Huh? Huh? Um, is it seem like, it seems to me like in this election, we got started, uh, a lot sooner than we ever have. Is, is that true? It felt like that. I mean, even the first, uh, democratic debate, it was like, wait a minute, you know, when is the election? Uh, is, is that right? Did we start earlier, or has it, it always did, been it like did that? Start, no, your, your observation is correct. It did start. Um, it did start fairly early. In fact, I think going back to the aforementioned Senator Kamala Harris, I want to say her announcement in Oakland was in January yeah. uh, of this year, and then she hasn't, you know, lasted through the year. Um, so she she set an early bar. A lot of candidates decided to get in early. Um, the way the, that they fundraise now takes time to build online fundraising. The sooner the better. Now we've seen a late entry like Mike Bloomberg. 
who doesn't have mm-hmm. to go raise that money, or Tom Steyer. You know, they just write checks. So, you know, there's different strategic reasons for when to get in and when or, or to wait. But for some perspective, uh, I believe Bill Clinton entered the race in October of 1991 and, of course, ended up being the, the nominee and was not a mm-hmm. self-funding type candidate. So, yeah, we're, we're in an era where this all seems to begin much sooner uh, than it used to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm already, t- I'm already tired of it. That may be to your credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, and then, then of course there's, there's the whole matter of, uh, Christians, not only Christians involved in politics, but how the political candidates see Christians, um, how they look at uh, Christians as a as a a, a basis uh, for for the votes that they're going to uh, to get, and then you've got you know. Uh, candidates lining up and you got people lining up behind the candidates and we all want certain things um, uh, through the political process uh, which is so flawed um, what have we what are we doing here and and have we gotten have we just gotten in too deep as Christians uh, do you think uh, in this whole process? Well, so I'm always careful here to, um, to, to segregate different groups of Christians. Right. You know, Pew, you have to. So, so Pew, Pew Research in their study on a religious life in America, which is actually some really good fine work, they, they say there's roughly 20 million Americans that say that, you know, faith is is uh, you know the most important or a primary important thing in their, in their lives. Well, you know, polling suggests that the so-called evangelical base for Trump is somewhere in that 10 to 11 million. So basically, you're talking about maybe half of the people that see you know put faith as the primary most important thing in their lives in the United States make up this this uh, evangelical base for Trump. And then that word evangelical becomes interesting because when, when that gets brought up in polling, people either have, people must either identify or not identify. They self-select into that category. And there's been, mm-hmm. there's been a, there's somewhat of a downtick in people that identify as evangelical. And I think, you know, the, the, the common sense thought thinking there is that there, there are some conservative Christians who don't want to be identified that way because what the word has come to mean. Politically, but it does right. seem for about half, half of these people in the half of these Christians in the United States that identify as faith as, as being the most important thing in their lives or primary important that they really have come to see politics as an organizing uh, principle uh, within their faith, and that mm. raises uh, yeah I think just think that begins to raise interesting questions. Uh, mm-hmm. as why and and how much you know do we is there a reliance that creeps in uh, upon government or upon believing that government actually is necessary to um, to give you certain uh, certain things that are important to your 
faith. You know, does the government right. give you a right to, to freedom of religion? Well, in this country, we declare that there is uh, such a right. You know, but you really need a government to give you that right to become a Christian. Well, if we look at the millions of Christians in communist China, obviously the answer is no, because um, their government tries to deny that right. Yet, obviously, the ability for people to follow Christ and oppress you know countries is is, mm-hmm. is very is very real. You can still make those individual choices. So it's almost as if the for we're starting to culturally. My observation is that for evangelical Christians. Um, really ascribe too much power and import to government and politics as to what it really means um, for their ability to, to be who they are and to uh, basically have a, a culture that they feel comfortable with and can identify with. By the way, John, I think it's very self-absorbed is my other concern. I, I think no. I, I remember uh, our your wise friend Oz Guinness on this very – program mm-hmm. some years ago talking about um, the importance for Christians in the public square to be active advocating for others and other people's rights. And I think right. if you step back and look at, look at the sketch or the caricature of, uh, of Christians active in the public square in this country, it overwhelmingly seems that they're interested in advocating for what are perceived to be their, their own rights. Their own rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's just it's kind of Extend that to a New Testament um, context, and it's just hard to see where that's what Christ's direction to us was, to get out there and stick up for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to the, as opposed to the poor and the children and the widows. <laughs> right, right. Um, boy, it's just uh, – I don't know. It gets it's it, what gets confusing too, is that uh, with with politics, every scene, everything seems to come down to a few issues, and um, and and life just isn't that simple. It, it doesn't line up that way, and yet that's the way the beast is. You know, it just. Uh, we come down to three or four the points that that we think are important um, to us as Christians, and 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 actually some of those some not all Christians would even agree on all of those points that they're that important. Um, but there's this assumption that we are all thinking the same. And, uh, and, and, and all going to win something. Uh, you know, I, I guess I, I wonder what are we giving up, you know, in this process? What, what do you think we're giving up? Well, I think there's, yeah, this isn't an original observation. I think it's becoming a pretty robust discussion about this in the Protestant world in the United States about what we may be giving up is making the gospel of Christ attractive, uh, to, uh, to to our neighbors, and to our communities, and um, and, and to and sensibly to the rest of the of the world, and um, I I I'm very concerned about what can be lost in that. I'm concerned about um, I'm concerned about those that are declaring I think what are the least questionable theology that that should be <clears throat> challenged mm-hmm. and robustly discussed if they're going to make just declarations that. 
you know, God uh, put his hand on an election um, and to, and, and therefore uh, all the actions and words and policies therefore must be, you know, coming from a, this president come from the hand of God. I mean, if people are going to declare those things, then they should have to defend them, and we should have robust discussions about them, just as just as Jesus did with with the rabbis in the temple as a twelve year old. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's have a let's have some honest discussion and debate, and let's let's hear people uh, defend a, the the context, a scholarly and biblical context for those types of declarations. So I think that there's a lot of that going on um, in American evangelical culture. Yeah, and, uh, I think, I, I think, I think, uh, I think pastors in particular are are not equipped for this, and are probably struggling with how to navigate and facilitate, you know, discussion and and teaching, you know, around these issues. Difficult. Yeah. Um, so, I, what I'm thinking is that uh, uh, our involvement, Christian involvement in politics has actually um, contributed to a kind of reducing what a Christian is to a few things that keep coming up that the world talks about in terms of Christians politically. Am am I making sense? Yes. Let me me put it into this context is that we've, you know, uh, I'll, 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 I'll say his name. I'm sure he would say it since he said it uh, in the media. But R- Ralph Reed from the, the Christian yeah. Coalition, head of the Christian Coalition, right? A very politically mm-hmm. active group for decades. Uh, he was asked right. uh, by, by Mark McKinnon on the Showtime show, The Circus. Um, you know, does it, doesn't it bother you, you know, when Trump lies? And, and Reed's response was, well, he doesn't lie to us. Us being the Christian being evangelical Christians, mm-hmm. well, and and white. Let's 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 even put a finer point on it. White evangelical middle class Christians, and so in this context, this wow. supposed Christian le- leader basically has uh, d- defined the, the the Christian space in a political context like any other trade association. Um, or, or labor union, or any other special interest that is willing to be on board in a purely transactional sense if they can get what they want. And that indeed is politics. Um, that's fine if you're the UAW or the U.S. Chamber of Commerce or the, the Farm Bureau <laughs> or the Trucking Association. But I, boy, it really, it really, I thought it was amazing to consider but are we all okay with as Christians, and not that everyone's members of the Christian coalition or Ralph Reed speaks for all Christians by any stretch, but, but, but it, it seemed to me it's a proxy for where a lot of evangelicals are in this country, that they're willing to engage in this system now uh, in, in a way that, uh, frankly, it's designed to be engaged in if you are a special interest. And, of course, if it's your, if your special interest, in most every instance, it's because of your own self-interest. So we're back to that that theme of, of concern that, you know, the, the engagement in the, in the public square by Christians seems very self-absorbed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, um, I, 
I wonder sometimes if we can uh, can we disengage uh it, it seems to me we have we have gotten so far in that it's that it's hard to get out because now we we have been <laughs> yeah. defined we've been defined by by the world and so even if we decide hey let's let's pull out of politics and just start talking about the gospel uh, we don't really know whether anybody is going to hear that message, or they're going to keep hearing the message they've they've, they've got us pigeonholed into already. Uh, well, it would, it would it would seem yeah, but I see there's a remarkable opportunity in that, John, in that there 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 is a vacuum for for Christians to not not necessarily withdraw all the way from politics, but to speak truthfully about politics. So, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> which means you have to get out of this, this really bizarre binary choice that seems has overtaken uh, the minds of a lot of Americans, that you're either on one team or the other. Right. And instead of the notion that, well, both teams are created by man to participate in a system devised by men in a, in a fallen world. Uh, therefore, maybe it'd be better to be, have a, a, a critical perspective of, of both sides. So, yeah. you know, for a Christian to be able to say, well, I, I voted for Trump. I would cared about the Supreme Court, um, but I'm deeply disturbed and I'm not okay with when he laughs at um, someone yelling about shooting uh, Mexicans at the border. Um, and then four months later, indeed, someone attacks um Mexicans mm-hmm. or Mexican and Mexican Americans at a, at a Walmart on, in El Paso. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's, there's a, it'd be okay to be a critic, be a critic of that. Um, uh, you know, appreciate the, that the, the president is mean spirited and mocks people and should be admonished for that. Um, if you were representing the gospel and yet mm-hmm. I'm sure you can identify, you know, you can identify policies that may be, may be fine. I, I just think there's this huge opportunity for pe- Christians to start being truth tellers um, and not feeling like their identity of their faith is somehow tied up in an American political uh, party or movement. Uh, that, that just seems to be uh, it seems to be missing the point of of truly following Jesus yeah. and trying to be a Christ follower. But I just, you know, where where is everybody? I I I have to say I'm disappointed. I think it's a lot of prominent pastors in this country who probably feel that way and, and aren't saying a whole lot. Uh, I think there's a great opportunity here to, for the sake of the gospel, you know, lead a lot of people of faith mm-hmm. into a into a broader, healthier perspective of how to engage in in, in our politics yeah. today. Yeah. Do you think that's Do you think that's possible? I mean, uh, it, that would be. I think that would be unreal to have uh, Christians having open engagement with even with each other, and talking openly about uh, these issues in politics, and 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 having having an environment where, as Christians, we're not all one party or the other. We're we're both, and uh, and and the world can see us interacting with one another and we could actually teach something in terms of, you know, 
kindness and respect and civility and all the things we don't have in 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 the world right now uh yet should be in the church um i i guess am i being too idealistic <laughs> or, well or, i think well well for one i think the i think the leaders in american christianity especially conservative or on the conservative side of all of that who would normally have convened that type of uh, discussion and conversation over the last couple of decades um, are are not are not available to that. Many of them are part of what I what I would identify as, as the problem. So I think part of the vacuum is the opportunity for for others to do that, and I think they exist. I think there are prominent pastors with those types of audiences that could actually organize and try to do something to set the table for these types of discussions. And again, you know, the discussion isn't necessarily be in the context of politics, but the discussion of um, the reputation of the gospel um, as lived out by Christians during these times. And yeah. what you know, and, the, and that and that may lead us to some of our interaction with politics uh, on the natural, but I think it, I think it flows downhill from this broader question and concern about uh, really truly mm-hmm. being evangelical (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well gosh uh, time goes very fast uh on these shows and um we are coming up to the conclusion here what would you say to to us uh, just the average guys you know in in the middle of this circus uh going on um as christians who who want to you want to be faithful to christ and what do what do we do um and what can we do uh to help create a a a, a better environment and and to help communicate uh the gospel the true gospel of jesus what what do you what would you say i know the huge question but um, well, I, but I think I think there's, but I think there's a, I think there's a, I think there's an easy answer to that that everyone can do, and that is to uh, go back and study Christ's parables, especially uh, that of the Good Samaritan, hmm. and ask yourself, what's the present day context, the practice, what's being uh, preached by Christ Himself uh, in that parable, and I think there's other parables that would be instructive on that front as well. So I'd say let's turn, <laughs> let's turn to the gospel and pay attention to the letters in red. And I'm not asking anyone what to conclude, but suggesting that this would be a good practice. For, well, this would always obviously be a good practice, but, but for these days in particular, um, open your mind and your heart and ask yourself to be guided through a meditative and prayerful time in, uh, in, those, in those parables. And try to apply it to the current situation, and and see what you and see what one you come away with. Great, that's great. So one last question: What do we do when someone finds out uh, we're a Christian and they say, "Oh, you're one of those"? <laughs> <laughs> well, I get. I guess you get to ask the follow-up. Well, what is one of those? Uh, yeah, you know, look, any any question like that's going to be a great mm-hmm. opportunity for for discussion. Um, great, 
And, you know, hopefully for most people, it comes around to not describing uh, the organization they're in called mm-hmm. Christianity, but comes back around to, to sharing about a personal relationship with Christ and what it means in your own life to follow Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully that breaks, breaks down that barrier uh, to not, that not all Christians would Fantastic. be simply characterized by, by what, uh, what, what, what mass media may, may determine that they are. Wow. Fantastic. Rob, it was great. Great conclusion. Um, great to have you. And, and I'm so glad you are where you are in, uh, in the public world and uh, as a, as a believer and as a follower of Christ and, and uh, we will, uh, we will continue to pray for you. As I, as I will for you and the catch, John, yeah. and thank you. Thank you for your ministry. that touches so many. Beautiful. Okay, Rob, God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. That was so good. huh? Red letters. Walk with Jesus. Tell people about the Lord. Get back to the truth. Yeah. Join us next week.